Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 22 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4pm in Europe, 3pm in the UK and 9am in Central US. If you missed the podcast for whatever reason, you can catch up with the whole show as I upload the whole video to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or you can check out the audio-only version on your commute to work or as you're walking through town on Google Play Music, iTunes, and on SoundCloud. If you've got any questions, comments, or feedback, chuck them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can. So let me introduce you to this fine group of individuals. First up, he is so deep in the rabbit hole, he doesn't even know what's real anymore. And that is our main man, Nathy. How you doing, dude? Is this real life or is this just fantasy? It's Open good your question. eyes. That's all you need to do. <laughs> it's like Inception. I'm using a little device and if it's, it spins, then, then I know enough. Right? Yeah, what do they call them? A totem? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So uh, I think I'm I'm in, in real life now, or as Elon <laughs> would say, simulation. Ah, <laughs> uh, so next up, this guy, he's now going to be known in future as the traveling guy. <laughs> no longer rowdy guy, the traveling guy, because he's always on the road. How you doing, rowdy? You're right. It's true. I, I'm so deep into the rabbit hole that I became a virtual avatar. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you're not even but, here in real life yeah no i'm not i'm not i'm I, i'm so i'm very very deeply jacked in there so yeah no i'm i'm, I'm currently i'm currently in at uh, at race virtual in uh, in belgium um it's a it's a it's a basically a vr arcade where they uh, uh do racing simulators it's it's pretty insane i just posted like a twitter post on it as well on like the stuff that uh has been going on here but it's pretty cool they have those machines that simulate the g-forces uh in uh in, in real life so the the thing moves a lot it doesn't move like a real car but more like you know as a, a simulation and uh it's, it simulates the, the g-forces for that as well so it, it's pretty insane it's, it's a lot of fun i crashed already like a lot of expensive cars so yeah everything is going well on this side nice so they they actually let you loose on their expensive cars do they not know that your name is rowdy after all <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they invited me <laughs> <laughs> so uh next up this guy, he likes to clean the inside of his PC out with a sock. <laughs> what? Oh, you caught that, huh? Yeah, yeah I yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, thankfully, that's my uh, my oldest rig. I was rebuilding a PC and I caught part of the periscope, uh, which was much troubled this morning. But yes, I'm rebuilding a rig, so my room is filled with old PC components. So old, it was like an AMD Athlon F2 or something as the processor. Uh, old. And yeah, there's plenty of dust bunnies in there, so... Had to clean it out before the new parts. It was so funny. Like, I was watching the stream before I was, like, getting ready for the show. And uh, he was like, oh, I just need to clean out the inside of this PC. What have I got to hand? A sock. And I was just, like, laughing so hard. So I thought, yeah, that's got to be his uh, introduction this week. So last, but by no means uh, least, myself, host of the show, Mike, the bearded bowl guy from Virtual Reality Oasis. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the Oculus Go. Images have been leaked online. Uh, Fallout 4 reaches 100k sales. Headsets for chickens, a bit of a mysterious one. 
Primordian and the persistence on PSVR. So we've got a busy show for you guys. Uh, so let's start it up with uh, what we've been up to this week. Uh, we'll start off with Rowdy uh, to see what he's been up to because obviously he's at this VR arcade, which sounds super uh, interesting. So come on, Rowdy, what have you been up to this week other than uh, playing around in virtual reality arcades? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's been a busy week for me as well. I haven't been able to play that much uh, this week as I, as I did last time, but I did play a handful of Keflings. Uh, mm. which is like a, a God Simulator RTS kind of game. I expected a bit more from it that I had like also like, you know, like some kind of military aspect to it that you can send them off and have a war with them or something because yep. I like to kill things, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was not really the case. It was more like building yeah. buildings and it went rather quickly. Uh, and it's it's basically based on like one of those original titles uh, for I think it was an Xbox originally a, a World of Capcom I think that's the one. Um, yeah, it, it, it was fun though. I had a, I had a good time with it. I haven't really gotten that far into it, so it might be a it might be a little bit more uh, to it than that. And then uh, for the rest, I've been playing uh, I've been playing some Sprint Factor. I did that. I did all of the tutorial levels. Uh, a lot of fun. I haven't really been able to get into the tracks yet, but uh, I'm planning to do that as well. Nice, nice. I actually played a handful of Keflings this week uh, as well. And like you you were right, it's based on a previous IP, uh, Kingdom of Keflings and World of Keflings that was on Xbox. Um, and kind of mirror what your thoughts were on it, really. In the, uh, I thought it was kind of fun, had some nice mechanics. It's like a town builder, essentially. You just, you know, pop more Keflings down, get them to do your bidding, expand, 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 keep building more buildings. It kind of had this kind of a addictive mobile game feeling about it. Kind of you keep on doing the same thing over and over again and just expand. I ended yeah, up playing yeah, exactly. it. Yeah, for a couple of hours, but a bit like you, I kind of wanted a, an end goal, really. You know, some sort of, like, fight would have been quite cool to send them to, like, a fight, some evil invasion or something would have been interesting, uh, where it just seems like you just, the goal is just to keep on expanding to the whole map. So, um, I don't know, it's more casual than uh, I kind of wanted it to be, so. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, we'll see. What the um, heck are Keflings? They're tiny little gnome gnomes i think they are they're like they do your little bidding so you pick them up you pop them down you can pop them on a tree they'll start cutting tree and collecting wood and stuff like that for you watch my video oh. and you know it okay. <laughs> fair can enough you eat them? can you dip them in cream and eat them mm. I, I don't think they're going to be that tasty to be honest i tried so, that too no <laughs> so they are basically slaves Little tiny minion slaves. Uh, you're their god. You're their you're their leader. Uh, so if you like that kind of thing, then uh, yeah, you know, check it out. <laughs> um, so uh, what about you, Nathy? What have you been up to uh, this week? So I've been playing uh, Primordian. I played uh, a box of VR. I also mm. played a experience made with uh, Google uh, uh, Blocks called uh, a piece of the universe. And uh, last but not least, I also uh, tried out uh, Ground Runner, but uh, mm. I'm still working on that. I wanted to do a quick test on uh, on, on the game. So that's what mm. I played. And uh, uh, working out in VR with Box VR is uh, really, really fun. Uh, I, I couldn't walk for two days after that, so I'm not sure if I <laughs> <laughs> if I could handle that. But it was really, really nice because you can like punch out on the music, uh, basically. Um, Primordian uh, gave me like a World of Warcraft vibe. It's like an action adventure game where you are some kind of arc and you need to fight against uh, alien species on a dark planet. And uh, this dark planet is turning around from time to time to 
uh, a light version so then you go to the the happy part again so it's like dark side uh, light side and you just switch around a bit uh, you're fighting with swords and, and stuff like that and um, I mean piece of the universe is is a free one if you guys want to check it out it's it's really nice you can find a video on my channel too hey Rowdy hey <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but that one is really really cool it's it's a guy who made a um, world with Google blocks combined with unity so there are physics involved and you can uh, explore it and there's things happening it's it's really cool and it's totally free it works on on, on touch and vibe so uh, yeah that's about it and ground runner can't really tell you much about it yet because i i still need to do a review on that i usually uh test the game out before i do the video and then i do a quick run on it but uh it, it looked interesting let's say it like that cool nice so what about yeah. you, Zim? What have you been up to, dude? Uh, going insane in VR, I think, was the, 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 the center of the week. I actually was expecting you to jump on that, so you clearly didn't see me <clears throat> for an hour with a mousepiece. I don't think I have it here. Oh, no, I did. No, I saw a clip of it, shirt, actually. Yeah. Uh, which happened to be the Windland 2 shirt. I'm sure John will rake me over the coals for that at some stage. Uh, yeah, no, that was, that, was, that was my return to Dreadhalls. So I've played Dreadhalls a lot probably 200 hours of dread halls in you know the last three years and are you serious yeah no no no. literally the most i've ever played dread halls was uh seven hours straight because my uh, my stream have uh these torture points and they send them at me and sometimes it comes in a wave sometimes i just get one uh there's a variety of different tortures and things that happen but anyway dread halls was it and god they made me bite it like <laughs> i had to spend a good hour and a half in that and then I had this mouthpiece which like holds your <laughs> mouth open and my mouth was drying out, and it was getting freaked out with these things. It was pretty tough. So, um, so after yeah. so many hours, you are still scared of this game? It's it's one of the best, and this is the whole point about horror in VR, is that jump scares are like a one-time deal. They're just mm. not very good. But when it's procedural, uh, when there are things that dev every now and again drops in that you don't know about, like that, it, it's just funny, because stuff comes out of the blue, and you there's sounds, there's all these different things mixed in. And then, of course... You're sitting in Discord with with a bunch of lads. They're gonna try to scare you as well while you're doing it. And, <laughs> yeah. and even things like that's the best part of noises, it. You just know, scare the shit out of me. It's just it, it it's it's a really great uh, way to torture yourself. And I literally was brinking on the edge of insanity during that playthrough. I I was I was at my maximum from a fear factor sign. So that was the big thing that happened. And then the other two mm. things that I did this week uh, that are notable are I finally finished off the Invisible Hours, uh, which is a great kind of um, very theater production uh, where it's almost like Clue or Cluedo. It's a like a, a stop time uh, four chapter play uh, where you're seeing a dude get murdered and try to figure out who did it. Um, very cool. And there's a secret ending, which if you don't see the secret ending, just look up to how to do the secret ending if you've got the game because you it wraps everything else up so nicely. You need to do that. Um, and then yeah, the, the th third thing for me was riding finally for the first time ever uh, in a set, of course, around Isle of Man TT, which is a famous, uh, you know, motor race. And that was really, really cool. So the fact that people go whipping around on that at like 300 kilometers an hour on a motorbike, affect me. That, those are some hard corners, you know. So <laughs> it kills a person a year. Those, are, those, those were the punchlines of uh, my week. 
Wow. And talking about uh, Invisible Hours, I just wanted to ask you about this because it's been on my list of games to play since like Christmas. And I just, I keep on looking at it and keep on going, oh, I'll play that one next. Same uh, here. Same here, Mike. Exactly. Yeah. I, I really want to get into that, but it's it, it sounds like a game you need to take your time with as well. Exactly. Yeah. So how long, could... how long is it roughly, uh, Zim? Yeah, I, I think you could, in, in a single sitting, you could probably clock it. Depends on, on how you come at it. I watched every thread. So say there's eight different characters in four segments. Each segment is maybe 15, 20 minutes long. And I went through every different detail and thread to see everything because that's just how the game is. It's so amazingly orchestrated. Like when a character comes around the corner, you'll have missed something. And it shows in this little timeline what bits have been blacked out, what bits you haven't seen. So you want to go back and check those for clues and tips and all that kind of stuff. Um, in total, I'd say four to six hours. So you could definitely do it in a single sitting, okay. but it's also the kind of game that it's a, it's, it's a slow game. Like mm. it's very paced, methodically paced, like a, if you're watching a theater production, um, right. but it doesn't do the game a disservice that actually supports it because it allows you to kind of get into the characters, get into the mindset, feel this incredibly human. Like they obviously did motion capture with, you know, the little glowing dots or whatever, but the voice acting you can tell you are, you know, these are some world-class actors and yeah. you're right there with them at, at any angle you want to experience yeah. it. And that's awesome. So it's a totally unskippable thing. You have to just find time for it. Yeah, I think you're right. And a lot of people are, who have uh, I've read reviews of it and things like that, they've said that this is kind of one of the most underrated titles on the Rift, you know. Definitely. Like, not many people know about it, but it's one of the great ones. Uh, so I definitely uh, do want to check it out at some point. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to know that how long it takes, like roughly sort of six hours, six to so eight hours. That's... Package it in there and get it through. But yeah, no, for me, I mean, if get I was to say 2017's gone by, that's the gem in the rough. Like, don't miss it. That's, that's nice. what I'd say to you two guys. So, so do it and let that, me know That's really crazy. That's really crazy, oh, basically, yes. to come to think of it. Because if, if you got, wouldn't have told me, I wouldn't have known about this title. Yeah. It's very, it's very quiet. Like, I think many people pass it. And it's in all three headsets. You can get it on the PSVR, on the mm. Rift, or on the Vive. Sort of. Mm. Do well, it. Anyway, why... Mike, what, what did you do this week? Well, in this week, I checked out In Death. Uh, it was released on Early Access on Steam and Oculus. Uh, it's kind of like a procedurally generated uh, roguelite archery game uh, that's kind of set in like a medieval world, like a, a bit like Dark Souls kind of vibe to it. Um, the It was just kind of a bit average, in, in my opinion. I've, I've, I've got a review coming up on Monday. Uh, but yeah, I just thought the game was very average. I thought the gameplay mechanics were kind of fun, um, and it has an interesting achievement system. Uh, so basically, you die, and then, because it, it's a roguelike, that means that everything's taken away from you, you start from the beginning again. Um, but um, you do unlock some achievements for like uh, the amount of headshots you get, so that'll buff up your headshots for the next uh, life. But also, the enemies will get buffed up a bit, and then more enemies uh, will be unlocked as well. Is this FPS Doug Boom headshot? Is that what do you mean buff up your headshots? I, <laughs> what does that mm -hmm. mean? Okay, so uh, you know it's a bow and arrow game essentially at heart. So if you get a headshot with the bow and arrow and you get a certain amount in a playthrough, so say you get like thirty-two for example in a playthrough uh, before you die, then you'll unlock a little achievement, and then in the next playthrough, oh. your uh, the power uh, of your headshots will be increased, so you'll be able to take down stronger enemies with a headshot, for example. Um, but the things that I found it was lacking was uh, any sort of direction or story. Uh, it's a shame because it's kind of set in the afterlife, but you don't really get told 
why, how you died or how you ended up there. Uh, and also, there's no story to keep you intrigued about what's going on. It's kind of just like, this is the world. Fight these people. Get to the end. Fight the boss. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Uh, so in that sense, it, it, it had some promise, but lacked... Uh, the sort of real core gameplay that needed it to to be a great title or a good title for me it just kind of sat in the average the average box it was like enticing um, enough to get you in but not enough to keep you going yeah yeah and it was a shame because like you know we're missing some really big releases at the moment and uh, for some reason it was getting promoted a lot by oculus uh, so i was quite excited about it but then uh, it just seemed a bit disappointing in the end yeah yeah, so uh, going to the chat, we have a few people that are also playing things, of course. Um, so Man Man played Star Wars Jedi Challenge Challengers. I think that's how you call it, right? It's the uh, AI one? kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the one that was like 300 played. With the lightsaber. Played. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, cool Country Gaming is planning to get Survive, a, a, a zombie survival game. And oh, uh, Paradise DK played uh, Kin, a platforming game, a third... Person, I was going to say, right? on, on the Survive yep. thing, I tried to play both Survive and Contagion both this week, and neither would even launch for me. I don't know what magic okay. you guys <laughs> sprinkled well, over. Uh, maybe maybe you it. should learn building a PC then. Maybe that works for you. Uh, with a suck. And uh, last but least, uh, we have a funny one here, too. What was too, that, Nathy? What'd you from, say? Uh, huh? Huh? What was it? <laughs> cool. Country Gaming again says, uh, 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 because Rowdy is not on uh, camera right now, we can't see him dancing around. He says he looks like he wants to sell something like a watch. Um, that's a nice reference. Who but anyway, knows? Uh, <laughs> let's keep on going. Uh, there there yeah. are some uh, chat uh, uh, moments there. Yeah, that's nice. Um, it's interesting, actually. You said about the uh, the Jedi training one. I'm intrigued to know what he thinks of that. Is there an update from mm -hmm. him? I'd love to know. But in the meantime, I'll just tell you yeah. what else I've been up to. Um, I also checked out um, Mario Kart 8 uh, Deluxe. Uh, mm -hmm. I played it on the Nintendo Switch, but played it in VR. So what I did was I used uh, an Elgato capture card to capture my Nintendo Switch gameplay. And then I mirrored that and put it on a big screen in big screen in VR. So that was kind of cool uh, playing Mario Kart on a, like, it actually worked really well. Uh, I was really surprised. Uh, there was a little bit of latency, uh, so a few frames were dropped from playing it, but not enough, uh, particularly in a fast game like Mario Kart, uh, that it affected the gameplay. So I was quite happy to play it that way. And uh, it actually made me want to go back and play some more games that way. Um, and uh, as everyone's plugging their channels this week, uh, you can check it out on my channel if you really feel that way inclined. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been up to. I also started watching Blade Runner 2049 actually uh, yesterday. It's been a movie that I've been wanting to check out for a long time since uh, Oculus mm -hmm. Connect, in fact. Um, so it's a three hour movie, so I'm only like halfway through it right now because oh. uh, my wife mm -hmm. was like falling asleep. Um, <laughs> That's the newest but, uh, one, Mike. Out of that's right. Is it? There's yeah. an, the, so there's an there's an old one, and then there's the new one. Are there two new ones, or is it just one? So there's just one new one. So the Blade Runner obviously was the original film with Harrison Ford, and then this is uh, Blade Runner 2049 with um, uh, yeah, I can't I can't think of the guy the main actor's name right now, but um. The girls love him. So uh, it's there's funny that, one. that um, one guy who played like Roy Batty from like the old one. Uh, he's living like somewhere in my street, and I'm not joking. From really? the old Blade Runner, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy, the guy's should... name is uh, Rowdy Guy. <laughs> the oh. the good-looking guy, it's definitely not him. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, another show that's worth checking out for for those that are looking for a, a TV show to start this week 
is uh, Altered Carbon. It looks very interesting. It's kind of got a Matrix uh, Blade Runner vibe to it. It's just starting on Netflix this week. Uh, it's got Joel Kinnaman, uh, who played the Robocop in the recent Robocop reboot. So if you're into like Netflix series, uh, sci-fi stuff, then you should go and check out that one as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah, did uh, the dude come back to us about uh, what he thought of uh, Jedi training? Uh, uh, no, uh, I, I don't think so. But I do have a hot fact that uh, totally syncs up with your uh, Blade Runner story. So there was a Blade Runner experience uh, you could play uh, yes. in VR and uh, they took it down. Um, yeah, they did. Yeah, that really sucks. I hope they will uh, get it back on. Really? Um, but who knows? Yeah, uh, but that's a long story. Uh, just some legal uh, uh, things. But uh, let's hope it will uh, come back. It was good. Yeah. We liked that. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I think yeah. it was a walkthrough of the uh, Deckard's uh, apartment. I think that's what it was. I never checked it out because it got taken down, let's oh, say. Same here. Uh, but yeah, apparently uh, it was quite interesting. It was a fan-made thing, but got taken down by uh, the people that made Blade Runner. Oh, so you're not talking mm-hmm. about you're not talking about the one which had the like um, photogrammetry? No, no, no. That was not an official was Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I was. That's why I was surprised. I was like, "No way, they took that down." That was a licensed title <laughs> no. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And that was pretty good, actually. It was pretty no, good. I, did, I never, I never got the apartment one. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on to uh, this week's first topic, and that is that some images of the Oculus Go were leaked online. So <laughs> Oculus started shipping dev kits to developers, and they've been doing this since like uh, November last year. We've heard that developers are getting these kits just so they can test out their applications and start developing new applications for this new mobile platform. So uh, it's, it's kind of a normal thing for, for big companies to send out these dev kits early. Um, and devs are obviously required to sign a, an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement which means that they're not allowed to talk about it they're not allowed to share pictures online or videos uh, until Oculus say so or until the official release Uh, however there were some pictures posted on Twitter by Unity Studios don't know who they are or what kind of projects they're working on Uh, but obviously Oculus must have got wind of it and they were really quickly taken down but before they were taken down uh, a Reddit user managed to nab them and he posted them on the Oculus Reddit group and that was a Redditor by the name of Beckris uh, he posted two pictures, uh, one of the box and then uh, one with the actual Oculus Go outside of the box. And uh, we've kind of seen pictures of the Oculus Go before, so that wasn't that interesting in itself. But it was the box art that was the most interesting thing because we hadn't seen that before. Um, yeah. And from the box, it didn't look like it was a dev kit. It, it looked like it was a, a finished product ready to be bought by consumers. Um, and and you saw this as well, right, guys? You know, you, I know mm-hmm. Zim's got some opinions <laughs> about uh, the box design. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, listen too much. What of could a you fan. see on the image, by the way? Like, honest. what did you exactly see for the people that that are like listening right now? Okay, so so hopefully, oh. uh, okay, <laughs> not much good. We'll, we'll get the the image up so you can see it. Hopefully, it's up already. Um, okay, it is. So, is this the one of the box itself? So on the box, the box itself, it's got Oculus Go, standalone VR at the top, and then it's got 32 gigabytes underneath, which is kind of interesting because it confirms the rumors that we said previously on the show where it's going to have two different models, right? It's going to have a 32 gig model and a 64 gig model for your internal storage to store all your games and applications because uh, as far as we understand, it's not going to have any expandable storage. So the storage that you buy is the storage that you get. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, Then if you move down, it's got a thousand plus apps, games and movies on the box. So obviously all the kind of titles that have previously been developed for Gear VR, 
we understand that they're going to work on the Oculus Go. Uh, but you've also got like uh, some adverts on the box itself. So you've got like Netflix, Facebook, uh, the Body VR, uh, Ansha 2, which is like a kind of a space combat game. Uh, the New York Times, Fox Sports VR, uh, Hulu, Discovery Channel, Jurassic World, uh, Ultra Wings, which I thought was kind of interesting because Ultra Wings yeah. was a, a game on the Rift, yep. and you really need a, a six degree of freedom controller to use the uh, the flight sticks. So I don't know how they're mm-hmm. going to do that with a three degrees of uh, freedom controller with the Go. Um, yeah. You've got Rush and you've got Ocean Rift as well. So um, some interesting titles on the box, but I think it's kind of missing some killer apps. That are Very entertaining more... wise, right? Like entertainment, uh, uh, the Focused. aspects of that are already coming forward on the box. Yeah, yeah 100%. But I think that's what they're aiming uh, this headset for. They're aiming it for like the media yeah, exactly. consuming market. I, I think that as well. Like it's much more for like the that kind of market than like the, the actual like gaming, pure gaming kind of uh, industry. I think so. Yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, like using a headset like this to consume Netflix content, kind of a smart way of, uh, of doing it. I'm quite interested to watch Netflix in the headset, especially in bed. Um, you know, I just would be like to be immersed like in a little room. <laughs> Your significant other, Mike, is not going to like this. It's a good I was, point what you say, though. I mean, indeed for like consuming that kind of content, but also like a plane or like a classroom. I think those kind of devices can be very, very popular. Or a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. Hotels can be really yeah, lonely definitely. if you're just yeah, going on yeah, a yeah. trip all by yourself and you're like, you know, either you can flick through a TV or you can have your own mini IMAX. You know, it's a, it's a great application yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And, but um, I think the, the thing is, I was thinking about this because I was thinking, yeah, I would love to use this in bed mainly, just lying down watching Netflix or playing like Augmented Empire, which I'll come on to in a bit because that's what I'm quite excited about using this device for. But because the audio uh, is actually channeled through the the straps of the headset, I was thinking, I wonder how loud that's going to be for people around you. Because you say about using it on a plane, which, again, I think would be an ideal environment, but because Mm. they're not like over-the-ear headphones, how much of this noise are the people around you going to be able to hear? So that was kind of like an interesting point. Uh, that I wasn't sure about. But then again, I mean, the, the kind of stuff that you get in the airplanes yourself, those headphones, it's not like they block out all of the audio. No, but like, I don't know if you've been on a flight where someone's really obnoxious and playing music from their phones or something ridiculous like that, but... That's me! Just, yeah. Well, those those okay. people, I, I, I want to I strangle those people with their USB connection cords because uh, they should not be on a plane. Keep traveling, Rowdy, keep traveling, he'll never catch you! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so there were two images that leaked. Uh, you just described the first one with with the box on there, and and next to the box also the unpacked version where you see like the the rift in there or the the Oculus Go, you know, with the the booklet and and a little uh, what would be in there like a little box. Yeah. So you've got like a little box which looks like where your cable and your power brick will be, and then you've got like a little Oculus uh, branded leaflet which will probably be the the instructions. Obviously, you've got the oh, controller it's... itself, uh, which has like uh, a back button, an Oculus Go home button, uh, mm-hmm. a trackpad, which is interesting because we've not had a trackpad on an Oculus device so far. It looks good. Actually. And then yeah. and then a trigger button. So it looks uh, like a remote, right? Yeah, it looks like a, a remote. Yeah. You know what I was hoping? Yeah, a small I, one. I saw a piece in one of the images that I was hoping that there would be like a foam inlay into the headset itself where you could, you could dock the controller so that you'd basically have one thing. You could even carry it by its strap, but you'd have one object to pack or carry or whatever. 
and it would kind of just yeah. nest inside because there's there's an empty space there. They should they should really do that. And you could you could ship it that way, but I I don't yeah. think they're gonna necessarily think about that in the first go. It's interesting as well. You mentioned a uh, carry case because we're gonna talk about uh, the Vive Focus in a little bit. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Al Alvin uh, the the president of like uh, HTC Vive in China, he posted a picture of like a carry bag for the Vive mm -hmm. Focus and it looks really, really nice. It's like a, a material and leather carry bag. Kind of looks like something quite fashionable. And I'm like, why didn't they like bring a little bag out for the go? I don't know, maybe if they will for the consumer version, who knows? But this kind of looks like what we're going to get, to be honest. Mm. The other reaction I was going to say there about this is, the gray, in other words, the actual materials, the plastic that we can see in the images compared to the way they showed it on stage at Oculus Connect or um, anywhere else we've seen images, it's a very different kind of shade and grade. It, it kind of matches the price point. You know, the and $199 for this device, all the things that it can do, um, seeing the, the actual materials for the different straps and the, the plastics in the headset, you can tell it's kind of a step back from the advertising side, but I think it's still a fair grade. But the plastic color, to me, was a little bit unappetizing. It's a bit yeah, I saw, I saw you tweeting about that. Uh, I have to agree with that as well, you know. Yeah. yeah, but like you say, it's got to differentiate itself from the Rift, so it couldn't really be black. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, it kind of looks weird, but then again, gray is a bit of a funny color in different lighting. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Who who knows? But it's interesting because on the actual top of the go itself, you've got a power button. It looks like in the middle with a little uh, LED status light. You've got a rocker for up and down volume on the top left, uh, and then underneath um, there was another picture from VR Scout, I believe, which showed a little mm. pinhole in the bottom as well, which I assume is for your microphone. So looks like it's going to have yeah. a built-in micro as well. Um, but what I'm intrigued with uh, is is how we can create content on it because as content creators, you know, obviously we want to play some games on this and share it on our channels and, and Twitch. Um, and so far, I understand that from the Gear VR, you can record your uh, gameplay locally and then you can just export that. So hopefully it will be the same on the Oculus Go when it comes out. Um, but is yeah. there any sort of uh, killer apps from you guys' points of view that you're excited to use this device for? Um, well, actually, I, I wanted to ask, like, does Minecraft come for this advice? No. For this device? I don't think it's there's Minecraft too... for Gear VR. It's on basically mm. every other platform. It's on about 18 different platforms. But also, like for this price point, is it powerful enough to even run Minecraft in the Minecraft first is incredibly powerful. Yeah, Nathy. So I mean, I mean, in terms in terms of what it requires, its its requirements are very high. So even yeah, the, so... even the pocket version. I mean, if it if it runs on a phone, if you think about it that way. They've gotten it running absolutely smoothly on most Androids or iOS devices. That's so true. They should be able to get there, but I think they just need time. So will we see Minecraft for Oculus Go? And the mm. VR version? Mm, good It'd question. be smart, though. It'd, It'd be, be smart, very though. Smart. Mm. I think very the limitations smart. with this headset are the controller. Um, you know, the, it, the, the controller is, like you say, it's more designed to consume media rather than play games because games really need that six degrees of freedom, I feel, to, uh, to really Im immerse you into a, a gaming world. I think three degrees is going to be the limit for this device. Um, but then again, you know, the Vive Focus has a similar platform. Although the headset is six degrees of freedom, their controller is three degrees of freedom as well. Yeah, and the, the, the point that I made um, middle of the week when I saw this was, I think that just from the, we'll call this demo box art, you know, 
I suppose the title that set me off was definitely Ocean Rift. Seeing that on the box was, I mean, that, for anyone who's, who's, who's bought it, played it, I have. I, it's an avoid title for me. I Dude, think it's a, it's a classic. It's, 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 yeah, it's hating a classic. On a classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Shame on you. Demo. Shame on you on a DK1 and a DK2. Wait, you know, it's way better. Eating way me better out. titles. And the wheels. And... Don't forget the wheels. You love Shame. Ocean Rift, do you? Anything, uh, I mean, I mean, it's not really catching up with with the the times we are in right now. But back in the days, boy oh boy, like that was my first game I played or game experience on the DK two. <laughs> so wait, that's so actually that's actually back to Mike's question. Yeah. Back to Mike's question. So Nathy, what do you want on the go? Like, would you use a go, and what do you want on it? If so, I I think I would like to have YouTube on it. That's for sure. The YouTube VR <laughs> app that is now on Steam that no one really knows about that it's on Steam. So you can look at my videos in virtual reality, right? Yeah, that's true. So I can, uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to say something, but never mind. <laughs> Dad, uh, Minecraft, um, that, that would be a, a good one. But it's not really about gaming. I don't feel like I want to game on this device. No. You know, no. I, I want to use it for entertainment reasons. Yeah. I'm also very curious how Facebook is going to work. Is it going to be a very clumsy thing that takes time before you can even post something? Or is it like fast, like you would usually uh, use it on your phone or computer? So, yeah, I don't know. Just social media in general. And uh, maybe uh, an artistic app where I can draw or, you know, just, just sketch or... You know, spend my time in, in like a plane indeed or somewhere where I need to wait. Something I can just do for like 30 minutes or an hour. Or... Mm. Yeah, see, for, yeah, me, yeah. for me, it would be, uh, it would be like, if, again, if I'm in a hotel or if I'm on a plane, that's where I'd be using it. So if I'm in a hotel, I'd be using it for something like what used to be called Casino VR Poker has been reconverted mm. uh, in gear called Poker VR, which is basically sit around the tables, play Texas Hold'em, uh, competitive social <laughs> multiplayer i mean that it's it's amazing for that twitch actually because you can actually sit in the equivalent of kind of an imax e cinema uh which is funny it's a funny parody that you said youtube it's a very different experience though so it's more like again imax you're sitting there it's not 360 uh but it's like i'm sitting on the moon watching my favorite streamer you know that kind of thing i think that's mm. a cr pretty powerful selling point point. and then to the point that i think mike is probably itching to talk about there's a couple of titles out there that I've never been able to access because I'm not willing to fork out 800 quid for an Android phone and a Gear headset, right? I'm an iOS user. So to this point, I don't have that. I wonder if and when uh, Apple is going to answer this call because they must know, and they're very smart marketing and product timing and all of that kind of stuff. If they were to land an announcement a month before this thing launches, you know, that there's going to be an Apple product out that's equivalent, would I hold off? I, I might. I don't know. I have enough uh, brand connection to Oculus now that I probably would just buy a Go. But I'd also want the, mm. the Apple one. Mm. Yeah, that would be yeah, interesting. That's a very, uh, that, that would be a wire on itself. Uh. Mm. Yeah, for me, like uh, Netflix uh, is, is, is one big app. But also uh, recently Plex uh, is working on the Daydream. I don't know if you guys know about What's the Plex? application Plex, but what you can do is if you've got media on your PC, you can stream it through Plex to your device, like your TV or your. Do you know um, Kodi? It's like it's like sim similar to Kodi, for example. Plex. I don't. Yeah, know. but Plex Plex is like the legitimate version. Kodi's a bit shady in some aspects. Um, 
And also big screen, playing big screen in, in the Oculus Go mm. would be interesting. But the number one title for me is uh, Augmented Empire. Um, I played it recently at XR uh, Connects in London, and uh, the Coat Sync had a little stand there, and I was like, hey, dudes, I've been looking forward to playing this game for a long time. Can I check it out? They're like, yeah, sure. And about half an hour later, they were like tapping me on the shoulder going, dude, you need to get out of here <laughs> because you're uh, there's a queue here and people mm. want to play it. And I was like, oh, I was just, just yeah. so drawn into also, the game. I think board games could also work really well, like yeah. Monopoly yeah. or so. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we, we've said that the price point is probably going to be around $200 for the 32 gig model, uh, $250 to $300 uh, for the 64 gig model. And my best guess is going to be releasing end of March, early April in time for the new financial year. I got to say that 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 64 gig model is going to be the go to because 32 gig it, when you take whatever operating system is running in this thing yep. you're going to you're going to be left with 20 gig hard hard drive space That's not yeah, a lot. That's, that is not is, a that's, lot. Uh, uh, yeah, that's Oh god, yeah, I I totally forgot about that. We're like, yeah, we need this and we need that, but we're stuffing the whole thing full of like memory now with yeah. And there's no expansion slots as far as I'm aware. There isn't like, no. you know, a little like micro like just shove in 128 or 256 gig yeah, but that, expansion. No. Yeah, but then if if like Mike just named all the the games that are on on the box and and some of those are if you look at the Oculus Home version are fairly big, so they must have downgraded those like yeah. to a level or you need to swap around your games all the time and experiences and uh apps you know but yeah. that's that's a that's a good one yeah but it, but it also says in the box there's going to be a thousand plus apps at launch which is impressive <laughs> i know they're all mainly gear vr titles but to have such a huge library on day not one quite. is not quite interesting it says a thousand uh films games oh. so apps games <laughs> and movies okay because that, so that's, that's going to be 700 here. movies Right, <laughs> two hundred games and a hundred apps. Like that's what that's yeah. gonna, breakdown's going to be. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we're not getting a thousand apps on this thing. No, it's what, a trap. What I'm hoping for is Gear VR parody, or even the ability to take something. This is probably not going to happen. This is a pipe dream. You know, take Daydream games in as well. That's not going to happen, yeah. right? They're competitors. No. But I'd love no. to have the Gear games over that I've never had a chance to play. Yeah. Or what if they have like a cloud server, like you have, for example, with the Nintendo Switch. Mm. Yeah. Oh. oh, so you mean like, yeah, interesting. Good good concept, mm. Nathan. Mm. Yeah, that would but be interesting. Connection-wise with, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, it's funny you mentioned movies, actually, because that's right, they've got Jurassic World on the box. So you can, <laughs> you can buy Jurassic World and check that out. I'm actually wearing my, my Jurassic VR... Jurassic Park T-shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> so T-Rex with a VR headset. Did he, did he get the Jumanji app on there as well? Because uh, you know, it's if, one to if watch you out have for. The killer one. <laughs> if you want to have the best VR experience ever. <laughs> so you basically have an Oculus Go in a plane. Uh, you're you're watching uh, Jurassic World, and then the only thing you really need is this this pillow from Mike, so oh, you can just God. rest. In the plane, like this, you know, and, and Mike's always with you, so if you feel alone, here yeah. you are. Always there that's supporting it. you guys, that's, that's what I'm there for. But yeah, you like, should really make this official merch, Mike. I should, I you should. You should really sell this, because it's like hot. Everyone wants this. I mean, if the chat, like, do you guys want to have a Mike pillow? Let us know. Yeah, Rowdy was he can trying sign to him too, and, on, and it smells like Mike too. I, I do have to say, I am looking forward to watching uh, VR movies in a plane, though. In a VR cinema. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. 
Although Especially I have to with say, some 3D effects going on. Yeah, like if they did a Jurassic World, for example, a bit like The Lost Bear, which, you know, if you watch mm. this, the, the, the movie on a screen, but then you're in, in the jungle and then like a raptor pops up every now and again to your right and then a T-Rex on yes. your left, that would be freaking awesome. I'd love oh, that. We're going to have people screaming on planes. We are going to yeah. have people playing Dreadhalls because Dreadhalls is a mobile app. You can you can play these horror games wow. in this, and they're going to be playing it on a oh plane. Some days. kid is going to be on a plane with an Oculus Go and scream their head off like bloody murder. And some old and woman down the back is going to get really <laughs> concerned. And then a plane's going to have to land. There's going to be all kinds of drama about this. I promise you. This is going to happen within the next I'm two years. I'm looking forward to this. Or, or someone is going to watch snakes on a plane and then think there are real snakes in the plane. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> I would just... Quick question to you guys. Have, 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 have any of you actually seen any Gear VRs being used in the wild, like on the train or out and about, where you've ever been out and about? Outside? Of, <laughs> outside? <laughs> <laughs> Who'd you say never what, been out what, and about? What, like, what is when, outside? When you're outside and out and about. No, you don't go outside? What no. is that? Well, no, okay. why? That, that why, do you, why do you go outside? Why? Yeah, that answers my question. I have a curtain, that's right all there. I need. Yeah. So, have you ever seen anyone peering, when, you know, walking past your house with a, a Gear VR on, Nathy, <laughs> when you've been peering out the window? No. Um, well, I did see a guy on a uh, field running around with a backpack, uh, a PC, uh, you know, a backpack, and uh, that was a um, voodoo, you know, he checked yeah. out, like, he was running on a big field with his headset on. So that's the first time I saw someone in the world doing that. But. I do see a lot of people with like mobile headsets in like those mobile stations and malls. I do see that a lot. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's advertised or actually using them, that. like outside of the shop. Mm. It was weird. The other day uh, I was in McDonald's. Uh, I don't promote McDonald's, by the way. You shouldn't eat that. It's like garbage food, but it's, you know, it needs must sometimes. I was sitting there uh, having my meal and then uh, a family walked in and the kid was wearing a Gear VR. And he was just like, he was loving it. He was sitting there wearing his Gear VR, just eating his chips. I was just like, dude, you're like a little legend. I wanted to go up to him and shake his hand. I was like, nice. It's still rare. Like, you don't see it much. No, I've you don't. Seen but of course not. I mean, who, who yeah. does that in, like, in the, in the, in the, in the open world? You know, you're not going to wear I that think, when you're, like, eating I think chips. That's true. But I also think there are still people that are embarrassed of doing it. They do yeah. have one. They're like, yeah, well, I'm not going to sit in, like, that in a restaurant or somewhere else with that thing on my head. It's also a security thing. We've talked about this before. Like, you can just walk up <laughs> to somebody who's in a headset and yeah. take their bag and feck off. Like, I mean, it's, it's so easy to rob somebody. That's why we need AR people. Preach it. Yeah. It's, it's also not really safe to walk like that across the world. <laughs> that's, across the road. that's right. You're not going to walk around with it. No. So uh, moving on, obviously, uh, and still on the subject of standalone, though, because the Vive uh, Focus released this week in China. Um, The uh, president of Vive, uh, Alvin Wang Graylin, who is uh, the China president of HTC Vive, uh, posted some unboxing pictures uh, of the uh, Vive Focus on his Twitter account. Um, And it comes with a controller, uh, the headset, obviously, um, some batteries for the controller, uh, a Vive port voucher as well, and a charger. And uh, unlike the Oculus Go, which obviously we've just been talking about, the Vive Focus has a six degrees of freedom headset, um, but it still has a three degrees of freedom controller. So the way it uses the six degrees of freedom tracking uh, from the headset is uh, inside out tracking, similar to the way the mixed realities uh, headsets use that inside out tracking technology. Mm. Um, So it's going to give you a bit more movement when you kind of do this. Uh, You've got that sense of depth. um, But again, you're limited with a controller at the end of the day. So but that's uh, it's so gonna be interesting. critically important. And I think people yeah. don't, they, 
they really underrated. Even today, when I hit conventions and I put on a gear, even the highest spec one, you move your mm-hmm. head around too much, you'll feel it in your stomach. At least I do. Yeah. I don't know if you find that, Mike, but there's a, yeah, there's I think a definite should... barrier there when it comes to you and you're moving around and your character mm-hmm. doesn't represent it. I mean, that's the yeah. difference between the DK2 and the CV1. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think having been so used to the rift, you almost expect it when you get into VR that you're going to have that sense of movement. And when you don't, it's instantly jarring, like you say. But for someone that's maybe never tried the rift and just jumps into Gear VR or the Go or the Vive Focus, they may not really notice it. They, they don't know they what probably they're missing. Wouldn't because no, have you ever seen no. a new VR user? What do they do? They like sit still. And like, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, you know, they're not like, you know, looking <laughs> yeah. around and all this kind of stuff. You actually have to kind of break free uh, of those chains a little bit. That's a big leap from mobile to PC, let's be honest there. Yeah. yeah. And it will always be. Yeah. And it's funny, like, um, I, you're talking about putting people in VR. Like, last week, straight after the show, my um, my parents came over and they've never seen the studio before, so I showed them the studio. But they'd also never tried VR before because I just didn't have the space to show them before. And and putting my mum in uh, in the Rift was just so uh, awesome. She literally fell in love with uh, the little robot from First Contact, uh, you know, the little Wally-type robot. She And she was talking about it for hours afterwards, you know, <laughs> and... Uh, it's just so uh, amazing to see people experience <laughs> VR for the first time. It's such a, a fascinating Dude, thing to watch. I, I, I got an amazing story here as well. Um, I, I let my mom try the 360 of Felix and Paul where Obama was walking through the woods. It's like a really old one. Yeah. And it was so strange. Like she played it. And then a week later, she had one of her girlfriends like uh, or friends coming over. And... Um, then they were talking about that, and that person like, yeah, we went to uh, America, and Obama was in the woods. She said like, but I was there too. <laughs> so they, they haven't. So, so they were there in real life, and my mom tried it in VR. Yeah. And and then then they spoke to each other in a way they were both there. It's yeah. it's so random. Like this is the most funny thing ever. Like a uh, strange coincidence, I would say. But uh, then you can just talk about the same thing. Yeah. Well, you haven't even like been there or smelled it or like walked around or it was just a 360. It's a good. Yeah. It's a good that's one it. though. Actually, of all the of all the um, of all the 360s that I've seen, the one with Obama in it. That's the one where they're in the national park, right? And yeah, like yeah, when yeah, the yeah, helicopter yeah. lands and all the grass yeah, yeah, goes yeah. flat. It's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It's actually a good one, and it's available. I think. No, for Felix free. and Paul always like nails the 360s. They they yeah. they are rarely disappointing. Like they also did Miyubi, you know, uh, that is even an interactive one. It's like a, a movie of like 40 minutes where you have like a little robot and uh, pretty cool. So, How do you spell yeah. that, Nathan, for people who uh, might be listening? Miyubi. Uh, M-I-Y-U-B-I. Yeah. yeah. And it's got some, uh, it's got a really famous actor in it, uh, Jeff Goldblum, right? Mm. Yeah. I haven't actually... Jurassic uh, Park. Jurassic... Yeah. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't checked that one out either. I should, I should check that one out, actually. Yes, uh, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the, uh, the Vive Focus, uh, also what I didn't know is, uh, when, uh, they did a little unboxing on their Twitter account, is that you can actually get the headset in blue or white. So, uh, mm. for those that think the blue is a little bit garish, which I did personally, yes. you can pick it up in white. So, um, <laughs> maybe you can pick one up, there like that. But, uh, also, like I mentioned before, they did, like, a little accessory bag, which looked really smart as well. Uh, but unfortunately, it's still only available in China right now. Uh, mm. But you're trying to get hold of one, uh, right, Nathie? You've looked at maybe options yeah. to, to try and get yeah, hold so, of Yeah, so my brother will be in China in two weeks, and uh, 
he's trying to get one uh, see how that goes i think it's possible and if not i will be imparting one yeah but uh, i'm i'm really curious about how they are selling those uh vive focuses and where so it's more like a research thing too i yeah. hope he will be vlogging a bit so we can see what he has done there and what what people think about it so uh we'll see um yeah. I don't know, but I will be getting one. And if that's imparting one or actually... Because there are some rules in China where if you are coming from a different country, you can't just buy everything you want. Uh, right. So, yeah, we'll yeah, see. Well, Time will tell. Fingers crossed for that. I, you know, it'd be interesting to see because, you know, because of the Chinese audience, you know, that have got hold of these devices, we don't really get access to that content. So no. we don't really see unboxing they videos. They are also or... trying to hide it from us a bit, I, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, that would be interesting. It would just be interesting to see how you get around the menu system because you're not going to have a clue what it means. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, uh, that's true. But yeah, I'll be interested. <laughs> My brother's girlfriend, she, 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 she lives in China, so she can just translate it. Oh, right. Nice. Otherwise, yeah, that's going to be an issue. But hey, I also got a virtual boy from Japan and I can just play with that too. Just keep on pressing buttons and then You'll get there eventually. you are watching Jurassic World, you know, so yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Yep. Sure. So, Actually, Mike, uh, that's a good uh, little tangent just to connect the dots between the Go and the Focus. There's a different device. I can't remember the name of it now that Oculus is launching. That's the Oculus Go equivalent, but selling in China. They've been blocked otherwise because of the tie into Facebook, right? Yes, uh, it's like uh, the me, right? Or something like uh, I can't remember the name M-I-U of it, but or something like that. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Oh, but essentially, they they've been developed side by side, right? It's essentially the the Go, but rebranded, or it's the other way around. Yeah. It, the Go is essentially that, but rebranded. But they've worked uh-huh. together on it. Um, so it's just a different headset for different markets. They're going to oh. have different stores, uh, different brands. It's not out yet. It's not out yet either. Uh, it sounds prob- very interesting. We should keep a look on that one. Definitely, yeah. yeah. But they're both being obviously they're, they're the same device at the end of the day, but just different software running on it. Exactly. Um, I think the difference will be it has a, a bright color and it's squeaky. Well, from nope. from the pictures, it looks exactly the same color. So, <laughs> oh, um, okay. yeah. If, so if, if lighter, actually, it's a, it's a slightly like kind of lighter gray that they were marketing it with. So the Oculus right. Go, call it the US edition is kind of a slightly darker tinge and then the mm. you or me whatever we want to call it yeah <laughs> someone in here must know oculus me um pd is saying so yeah it's funny I because really hope I... we will be going to a point where when i was buying like my uh a nintendo ds and my advanced sp and those kind of like little handheld device you could always go for like different ones where you said like hey i got a zelda themed one mm. or i got this or that i i really hope we are going there where People say like, oh, I got a special edition or we have a limited edition Go coming out and there are only like a hundred of those and it's signed by uh, Carmack and it's like, oh yeah, I yeah. got that one. And then you got like your whole room full of headsets. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fun. I want a Ready Player One branded one. That's what I oh, want. Oh yeah, please, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah, Vive, do it, do it. So I mean, they uh, are the head sponsors. They are. That is true, actually. Yeah. Although I've not seen anything from them, which is weird. no. That's true. That's kind of maybe nearer to the release. We'll see something. Yeah. Um, so moving on to our next topic, which is uh, Fallout Four reaches a hundred thousand in sales. Uh, this was recently. Uh, announced uh, in the in sort of like the local VR news. Uh, so it released on the twelfth of December on Steam, uh, and the stats from Steam uh, Team Spy show that the game has sold over a hundred thousand copies on Steam, which is pretty impressive for a game that's so expensive because it's probably one of the more expensive games out there. Uh, it works out about thirty nine ninety nine pounds and fifty nine ninety nine US dollars. 
Um, but I was looking actually at the proper stats from today, and it doesn't look like it's it's actually dropped since then. So I don't know if there's been refunds that have knocked the sale stats down. Um, mm. But it actually appeared uh, quite low in the top list of VR titles that have sold well, if you know what I mean. Um, oh. So I've got some stats for you guys as well, which is kind of interesting. Um, so it's probably it's probably the highest grossing title in terms of money, but that's probably due to the price point. Um, but it's not the most sell like it's not the most units sold VR title. So this is the top twelve as as per stats from Steam DB, and I got these today. So these are the hot fresh stats. This is only uh, Steam. Only Steam. This is the weird thing. You can't get uh, uh, sale data from Oculus. They don't share that, that information. So we don't have uh, the sales from Oculus titles, but this is just from Steam alone. Um, so Tilt Brush is actually the number one selling VR uh, title, and that is uh, 194,000 um, downloads. Hey. But then again, this this was bundled with yeah. uh, the Vive That's definitely well, a mixed so. stat, Mike. That's definitely a mixed stat. Well, this is the, this is the data that is on Steam DB, and this is like the kind of uh, website you go to for all the stats and sales, and you know. No, no, I'm saying it's a correct data. statistic, but I'm saying that it's mixed with the bundle titles and stuff. It's like it's like if we think of back course. to Titanic, that Blu-ray, yeah. or the same thing with the uh, what was the predecessor Avatar when they bundled yeah, yeah, the yeah. DVD to be able to pump the stats. Like it's a, yeah. it's a it can be a trick, unfortunately. Because this is this these numbers are like installs, right? This is how many right, people own exactly. it. Exactly. So yeah, we're not talking yeah, purchases so you, here. We're talking download and install. Yeah, yeah installs. Yeah. yeah. So tilt brush, but then again, Fallout Four VR was also bundled with the Vive as well. So these, uh, those numbers could be slightly skewed. But tilt brush uh, they're, was they're, bundled as a standard, as in the Wii Sports bundle. Like it was the yeah. thing that you got. Like I got it for. You know, Vive was a, the Fallout with Vive was a special yeah. edition. Exactly. You had to oh, isolate, right. lightly find that, and buy that package. Whereas this came yeah. with it for months and months. Right. So, um, so yeah, number one is Tilt Brush, uh, 194,000. Next up is Job Simulator, 167,000. Uh, Space Pirate Trainer, 151,000. They're all bundles. Audio Shield, uh, 129,000. Interesting. S- That's very interesting. Hot. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one, one of those... isn't bundled, actually. The first three were all bundle packages at some point. Uh, but Audio Shield is... That's that attractive. But that's, it, that's funny. But the thing is, with Audio Shield, it was almost like a release title, wasn't it? It was one of the must-have titles when the Vive yeah. first came out. So you can kind of understand yeah. why it was on the on the list. Uh, also, next up is it was the first MR video. Do you remember that when the guy was standing mm. behind? It was the first like proper MR video to go viral, and I think that has a big effect. I would yeah. expect like the lab to be like the highest in that list. Yeah, what? Where's the lab in this list? The thing is, these, the, the lab is a free experience. These are all uh, paid for titles. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so the next up is uh, Super Hot, uh, which is 117,000. Uh, Arizona Sunshine, 115,000. Onward, 98,000. Raw Data, 98,000. And then it comes to Fallout 4, which currently sits at 97,000. Um, then you've got Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades, 80,000, which is pretty great for a title that's you know, like that. It's been very quiet. Have you guys heard anything on that for a while? Because the dev, like for, for two years ago, oh. it was really mm. hot for like two years. And I think that's what sold it because it was a great gun mod. If you haven't heard of, can you repeat the title there, Mike? Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. Which is also known as H3 H3. VR. Yeah. Which, yeah. when I first saw that, I was like, Half-Life 3 yeah. VR. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. I think that's how he did it. 
I'm sure he that's did. What that, that's why you I, bought it, yeah. I think he's still working on it, but it's just, you know, I, I, I have the feeling the developer who made that game is already looking for something new to bring out. Yeah. That's, that's the feeling I have, at least. But yeah, that would make sense. Um, next one up is Gorn with 61,000, and then Rick and Morty Virtual Reality, 59,000. That much Gorn. But this is, the, this is the interesting thing, right? So, obviously, Fallout 4, uh, you know, total installs right now, 97,000. That's not actually that much mm. when you put it into perspective. And and this is what I'm going to tell you. So, so to date, the, the vanilla version <laughs> of Fallout 4 mm. has sold 5.1 million. So, we're talking 100,000 compared to 5.1 million titles. At the same time, a lot of people don't buy this game because it's already an older title. Well, that's true, but if you look at the hype yeah. around uh, Fallout 4 VR and also Fallout 4 when it first came out, so this is like uh, concurrent players on the first day of release. So, you know, like every game that first comes out, the first like day or week is a big spike is and it kind day. of trickles off. Yeah, so... Fallout 4 vanilla version. Uh, some people like to refer it as the pancake version. I love that phrase because uh, it's like the flat version, the pancake mm. version. I love that. Uh, concurrent users on day one was 471,000 players on day one for Fallout 4 pancake version. For the VR version, two and a half thousand. Only two and a half thousand what? on day one? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Seriously. 2,666. Nice analytics there, Mike. I like that comparison. It really does... It, put it, it into perspective zing. and and it's kind of depressing in a way <laughs> because like uh, we're, we're, we're all yeah. passionate about vr and we want it to succeed of course um, but, but i don't i don't think so that that's I, I think you're wrong here because if you if you look at all the other titles like the indie titles so the, the smaller ones yeah. they sell about three thousand copies in total okay in in maybe maybe the first two three months hmm. so if you have 2k on the first day for VR, that's a lot. Of course, yeah, we should look forward. And it's compared to the, the pancake games that come out, it's it's freaking depressing. Yeah. But I I mean, it's... yeah, I, And it's expensive. Bethesda did... Exactly. Yeah, on the is. other side, like Bethesda did do a lot of advertising. 2K, this doesn't feel so right many... to me. 2K is a statistic for day one. With the amount of people who I know who picked it up, with the amount of countries that have PC VR headsets, <laughs> who are, and Vive being, you know, you know, it's in a lot of hands. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really yeah. surprised if 2K is an accurate statistic for day one. Mm. If you look at I'm the concurrent players a right now, or something, you know, like that's maybe uh, somehow shortening. I that. don't know because it didn't go up any further than that. Like it just dipped from there on out. And like concurrent users for like Fallout 4, like right now, VR are like you know something in the low hundreds. Well, know, I would expect that users. at this stage, though. But yeah. I mean, still, 2000 day one seems. It could be that the stats are not totally accurate, or it could be that people are wise enough nowadays to not pre-order a freaking game anymore. Mm. Sorry, Mike, are these purchases on that... How is hard pre-orders accounted for in this? Or is this installed? No, no, no. So this was concurrent players on the day of launch. Ah, that, okay, that last no, 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 step. that's... Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd yeah. buy it then. I'd buy it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the it previous could also be that a lot of people who ordered the headset in the bundle get uh, the headset actually later than the actual release gate. Possibly. But, like, yeah, so the, the first lot of stats were all sort of installs, and this, like, stats were for concurrent users. So 471,000 day one concurrent users for Pancake VR, uh, Pancake Fallout, and then uh, the VR version, 2,664 concurrent users. So yeah. talking about Fallout, they updated it. Yeah. And I haven't tried it since 
the first week it came out or two weeks. I don't know if anyone else tried it. I the last week uh, lately. Yeah, I played is the it, last is week. It, is it any better or performance what's... is still about the same? I, st yeah, I still notice. I still notice. Can it be fixed? It's, that's the question. It's at a very similar level. Uh, Fallout 4 VR is at a very similar stage where I'd say if you get halfway through Subnautica, it has certain holdback points in terms of performance. Those are there. Where where I say the experience is good enough to soldier on. In other words, it won't stop you probably playing it unless you're super picky, you know. Mm. But it. Mm. But I, I think they both they both still have a need for performance tuning. It's a big difference. But still, I, I don't think you can compare uh, a game that is optimized for VR, like like for example Subnautica, than uh, for example Fallout, because I think Fallout with their motion control still is like a little step further than what uh, Subnautica does. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if if, if motion controllers can uh, make up the rest of all the problems, then yeah, maybe. But that depends on 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 the person too. Where someone is like, okay, you know, I got controllers, so that's fine. I, I still think that it's a shame that it doesn't work well or doesn't run yeah, that course. nicely. It should be fixed, right? By now, you think? Like, so. how long is this? <laughs> yeah, and uh, the funny thing is, I mean, Doom runs fine for me at least. No, Doom uh, Doom, Doom is good performance. Uh, Skyrim's good performance. Same. Yeah, but that was on, of course, PlayStation VR, so we can't really compare that, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's just I'm, I'm surprised because this is still a game that people bought as a bundle too with a Vive, like starters, mm. and it's expensive too. It's like sixty bucks. Yeah. So, come on. Yeah, but yeah, like I say, I think it just kind of brings us back down to earth a little bit to say, you know, we're yeah. still growing, mark the market's growing, but you know, we can just still do what we can is to keep promoting VR, keep talking about VR, keep making mm. sure that people are aware of it, and then we're doing our jobs properly. I'm actually uh, surprised that there's not a single racing game in there. Hmm. The thing yeah. is, what I didn't include was games that were later adapted. So Subnautica wasn't in there because it's like a pancake game that has a VR mode. Uh, like Assetto Corsa, for example, is a pancake game that has a VR mode. So they're not included. It's just pure VR oh. titles. Yeah. So it, the other the others could skew the, the figures a little bit. Hmm. So uh, to lighten the mood a little bit, and so I'm sorry <laughs> if I've made you all super depressed. No, no, no. I'm now going to... I'm now going to talk about uh, the news you've all been waiting for. You you want to forget about 8K headsets, forget about standalone VR. We're talking about headsets for chickens. This is where oh. the important news is all about. I, I thought you were going to come with like a new Pimax update, but uh, okay. Who needs a Pimax when a chicken's got a headset? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, when you got chickens. Maybe the Pimax could like also fit chickens, a smaller version. 8K for chickens. That's that would what be next level for chickens, like 8K. Yeah. They were like, whoa, but maybe it's too heavy for their little necks. It's like a hammerhead chicken <laughs> coming at you. That's a scary thought. <laughs> so yeah. to explain this a little bit more, like a guy by the name of Austin Stewart has come up with an idea to make chickens happier. So his company, Second Livestock, has come up with virtual free range. What this does is it eliminates the need for a physical free space for your chickens so they're virtual free range chickens and this essentially means that each chicken has a little headset on that he can see his little eyes and he can walk around a virtual space on a little three like omnidirectional treadmill he can talk to other chickens as well with a little mic <laughs> has earphones <laughs> so he can hear his little chicken colleagues and so in his mind it's like it's like the matrix for chickens 
Um, they're, Funny they're thing having... is, this is not the, the first time that I hear about this. I've heard about no, this before, true. but I thought it was on The Onion or something, like uh, one of those like parody websites. Yeah, <laughs> and, and as crazy as this sound, it actually kind of makes some sense in a way. Because, like, chickens obviously need space to be free-range. They have to run around a field. But, you know, they get eaten by foxes, and there's other dangers about them being free. Um, but in this way, if they all have a little treadmill, and they all have little headsets on, they're maybe as happy in a virtual world as they are in a, a real world. I don't know. Um, this is... This is uh, you, you've gone from a subject <laughs> that was like a little bit statistically contentious down to... <laughs> This is probably, this, this is quite depressing. Because what this is, is this is a business yeah, czar true. saying, I can eliminate the issue that I have with less good mm. meat by having an enclosed chicken. Because they don't yeah. not have them out in the open because they get eaten by foxes, Mike. They do it yeah. for production reasons that they can slaughter yeah. more animals and, you know, put mm. them into a farm. So it's a very sad thing to think about it this way because when you first think about it as a chicken, you then parallel this to... How soon is this going to be workers, humans, sure. doing yeah, the exact yeah. same thing? I mean, <laughs> just put that slaughtered per year figure and put put yeah. humans behind it. I don't know. This is this is pretty rough. Yeah. This one. To to be to be fair, I think this is a joke. I don't actually think this is real. Um, just because of the name. <laughs> the name is uh, what is it? Um, second livestock. Second livestock. I think it's really sec- second, second life. life. Second Life is obviously a, a social platform that you can jump into and have a Second Life. So Second Livestock, the name and the, and the logo is very similar to Second Life. So kind of makes me think it's fake. If you go on uh, the guy's uh, YouTube channel, Austin Stewart, you can check out the video uh, him for, for yourself. But it's got him also doing like a keynote, but you never see any of the audience. So it kind of seems faked. But I just kind of thought it was kind of like a, a slightly funny and interesting story in a way um, that maybe might start uh, start some interesting discussion about maybe this could be the future. Who knows? Uh, of putting animals in VR to make them feel happier when they're not in this kind of like cooped up environment. I don't We're gonna know. We're going to hear a TED talk I mean, that already That has already been done huh? at this moment in zoos. They already use like things like... Uh, yeah. Uh, black mirrors, they use like uh, certain kind of like uh, simulations to make, for example, uh, those, uh, those, those uh, animals in aquaria, make them feel more at ease, more at comfort. Yeah. So eventually, I mean, something I, like that will get developed. I, I do like the idea of making animals more happy. I'm not sure if this is the way to go. But uh, uh, w- one thing that I do know is that the first uh, animals that will be uh, testing this are cats or something. Because, I mean, everyone is like uh, always crazy about cats. Cats always get everything. Nowadays, they don't even walk outside anymore. People are just running around with like, like a buggy or something. And they're like sitting in there and, and dogs too. Like they don't walk anymore and they got like everything. You know, uh, you can go to a supermarket and buy them a cake with like a candle on there and they can even blow it out. I don't if think this is a premium product you buy for your pet chicken, though, maybe. As much no, as but I'm not talking about a chicken. I mean, a chicken, this, like, if I see these images coming by, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what this, what this is, but uh, it seems legit. Uh, I, I even see, like, we see a simulator now on screen, too, where yeah. uh, you see their environment, and I would totally believe in it if I was a chicken. Oh, that yeah. There's a microphone on there. Is it, like, a good microphone? Yeah, like, like so uh, so the chickens can communicate with their other chickens, and they're all in the virtual... <laughs> it's like it's like VR chat for chickens. That's what it is. Oh, but, my days. But can you imagine, right? <laughs> just, just put yourself as a chicken, and you're wearing one of these headsets. You knock it off. You're like, 
my eyes have been opened. This is the real world. It's like literally the Matrix, but in chicken form. <laughs> I will, I will, I will, I will, uh, I will put myself in one of these headsets if they ever make a human-sized one. You want to be in there amongst the chickens. Does, doesn't look too bad. Omni, omnidirectional treadmill with a with a headset and yeah. <laughs> but I think so right, funny. Mike, from the graphics I'm seeing here. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure this is real, no, I don't, I, especially because I, I just think... saw a pop-up that says click this button to slaughter. Like, I, I really doubt <laughs> yeah. this is in a business pitch. No, no, no. It, it, it's they most likely a lot of effort in this spring, so... Okay, next topic then. <laughs> but but I just want to say one thing. Like, in, in the video, it says, tailored to meet the needs and desires of a chicken. <laughs> so the chicken has desires as well. So maybe there's a, a nice lady chicken in there for him to pursue. Who knows? Um, but yeah, just like a fun little topic, just to sort of, you know, <laughs> okay. spice it up a little bit after Great depressing news. you all with the uh, the stats. Um, yeah. So moving on to Primordian, <laughs> uh, which is a game that recently launched on uh, Early Access, uh, available on Steam, coming soon to Oculus Rift. Um, I haven't actually checked this one out, but uh, I think Nathy and Rowdy have both played this one. But um, from what I've seen so far, very impressive graphics. Uh, it's made by a company yeah. called Stone Stonepunk Studios. And uh, mm. the first episode is out, right? Because it's like episodic content. Is that right? Mm. Um, yeah, as far as I know, like part one is out. I'm not sure if it's going to be like part two, part three, part four. But uh, I, I was impressed. I did hear from my YouTube colleagues that it was like a, a one man studio. I'm not sure if that's completely true. Of course, that guy needs help from other people. Um, he did work for Blizzard before okay. for like eight years as a... Uh, senior uh, lead artist something mm -hmm. so uh, you can really see that back because it's very polished uh, where you have like a, a development studio who works with like 20 people and then this guy if he is really working alone then you can really see the difference of how much experience he has in how to build like a game um, I did like it I I did notice that the gameplay starts to get repetitive after a while because you go from point to point and you seem to always kind of like uh, uh, fight enemies at a certain point. They pop up, you fight them, then you just walk around a bit again. There is not really uh, any like puzzle elements in there. It's really you just uh, hacking and slashing and uh, collecting some new uh, items you can use against your enemies. Mm. But that's about it so it's more like hey uh start fighting and you can even shoot with guns too it's like refreshing gameplay in a way um but yeah who knows i i did like it it did feel like something new mm. yeah i've heard from uh from some some reviews that some people found that the, the actual combat wasn't strategic so it's not like you can mm. parry a hit no. and then strike uh no. it's kind of like a bit of a a, a, a touch waggler sort of type game where you can just like waggle it crazy like this uh, and you're gonna just mince them mince them up i would say it's not uh extremely accurate i did like the fact that sometimes you have uh an alien or an arc just standing there and then he wants to box with you <laughs> like he's coming out and he's like hey okay let go man and then, <laughs> then you can just just uh put away your swords and then just just box against them but uh, what I notice is that there is not really any haptic feedback uh, uh, present. So you don't really feel like you're hitting something. Hmm. And uh, yeah, since you just block his attack with just holding your swords in front of you without really... But I don't know. It could be more uh, complicated and the enemies could also be more like like smarter in a way. Because they now just they do their basic attack and they just stand there again and they do their attack. So it's not that they are very, uh, very smart in a way, 
but I don't know, like what kind of expectations should you have mm. combat wise? Mm. That's what I'm asking. You know? Yeah, it's very difficult because like because we don't have that that resistance or or you know a lot of games don't use like haptic feedback in the right way. So like you could parry a, a hit and then it like bounce back and then you can attack or you know some sort of mechanic like that would seem like it would be better fit for this type of title but um i haven't actually played it myself so i don't really know but what sort of thoughts did you have on it rowdy with similar sort of thoughts to nathy on this one yeah I've, I've only seen videos i haven't played it myself yet i've only oh, right. got to got to see some videos uh, it did it did look visually very impressive i have to say yeah yeah but yeah like i say it's an early access title so the developers are still going to be adding more and like uh, i say i thought it was uh, episodic so they've released the first episode then they're going to release more episodes in the future um but if you're interested in checking that one out it's 18.99 in british pounds uh 24.99 in us dollars and that's available on steam right now um so moving on to the last topic and that is a psvr title because obviously we don't want to leave out you psvr users um this is a game called The Persistence. Uh, it's going to be released uh, by a studio called Fire Sprite, and they uh, announced that they were going to release this game sort of late last year, but they had to slip the uh, release a little bit further, so it's not actually going to release now until the 24th of July. But they recently announced uh, you know, a new trailer for the game and uh, talked a little bit more about it. So it's been in development for some time, um, and uh, it puts you in the shoes of a crew member on a spaceship where, uh, you know, like in all great sort of uh, space stories, something traumatically goes wrong on the spaceship. It's, Love uh, that stuff. Love that stuff. Yeah. It's a mix of uh, stealth and survival horror, and a bit similar to In Death, it's uh, procedurally generated and roguelike, so oh. that... What that means is that if it, a roguelike game is that you can play and then when you die, everything that you've earned gets reset and then you start from the beginning again. But because, same again, like within death, the levels are procedurally generated, it kind of makes things a little bit more interesting each playthrough and a little bit different. Uh, although yeah, for, with for this... For me, it actually makes it a bit more more flat. Because, like, I, I mean, it, it is a different experience every time. But... I mean, from what I've seen from in depth, it's like I, I kind of miss like the goal a little bit of why, yeah. what, why everything is happening. What am I doing? Is there a storyline in, in Persistence, or is there also not really anything going on? So the storyline is just saying, you know, that you're a crew member on a ship. You've been woken up out of cryo sleep. Uh, all the other crew have been turned into these kind of zombies, and then each time you die, a new member is awoken from cryosleep to try and get the ship turned on to make it back to the planet to sort of restore the ship so there is a story there which is refreshing because like i said in death doesn't really have that uh but i i agree with you totally rowdy that i i find that i need a story to to pull me to keep playing a title yeah. like for a lone echo for example I really wanted to know what happened to like the captain and I wanted to find her and I wanted to know what happened to her and unlock the mysteries of this like alien ship that had turned up and stuff like that. And that was what kept on bringing me back to the game because I wanted to know what the end of the story was. Whereas with in death and it kind of looks very similar in the persistence is that without that story really pushing the gameplay, it kind of feels a bit aimless. That's what I found within death anyway. Um, but what if someone uh, nails that down where where it's just randomly generated and the story just fits right into that and it just just totally uh happens at the right moment where you keep on walking and then something happens a scene or you know mm -hmm. then then it's really fun but 
Like what I what I'm what I'm afraid of is that they will just go for like a radio system where someone's like, oh, watch out, yeah, there are more zombies, and oh yeah, we're you're almost there, mm. yeah, good job, stuff like that. But yeah. if there's no real like where you meet someone or you team up like you did in Alien Isolation, you know, where you're like mm. you find a guy, he helps you out, he gives you some items, then you mm. continue. If 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 that kind of stuff is in there. Then, then it's really cool. Yeah, exactly. But, or, or the procedural generated stuff needs to be so interesting that you want to keep on playing. Like, for example, I mean, I know yeah. that uh, Subnautica is not procedural generated, but there's so much stuff to do in, in that world that it feels like everything is like being there on the on the fly, and th- that makes it very interesting. I, th- I don't think that even though Subnautica has a storyline, it doesn't need it to make the game interesting. It does have a storyline. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, it does, I know it. Yeah. No, it, it does have a storyline, but it doesn't need the storyline to make ah. the game interesting. Well, it's funny that you mentioned it because they played around early on with the procedural engine. That was their original trajectory. They were going to go procedural, and then they locked it down. They're like, you know what? Actually, we we think we've got a game here, and then they crafted the game down rather. But I like Nate's idea of blending the two. Like, if you were able to do some kind of progression. Uh, as an example, right, the procedural game I mentioned I played this week was was Dreadhalls. If you had something like this where that was, you know, a maze gets created, kind of like the old uh, Windows uh, screensaver, that every time you run it, it's a different maze. Um, but like that, so the fact that the Persistence has this, I think is great. I, I like personally like roguelike games. But if you had something that you could achieve or unlock or get to that would that would kind of progress the story in that little, those little bits, it would give you something to fight for. And I think that's, yeah. I can't think of a game that does that. Yeah, and like the, the Persistence does use the mechanic in the story, which hats off to it, you know, it does that well, because it's got like a load of like uh, crew members that are in cryosleep, right? So when one dies, the, the, the computer system just wakes up another one to try to get to the goal, right? Which is to get the ship back to save everyone. So in that sense, at least it's got a story narrative to drive that mechanic. I think is what we would exactly. call that. <laughs> Whereas yeah. in, in I think, Death... I think... Elite Dangerous, for example, does do a little bit of a mix between that procedural and the more story-driven missions. Right. Whereas, you know, like In Death, for example, didn't have that. It didn't have a reason as to why you died. It doesn't have a reason to keep coming back. There's no explanation for it. But the other thing that makes this game particularly interesting, uh, and, and one of you mentioned about having like a sidekick, is that uh, it has a unique uh, experience where you can actually use a, a tablet um, separate from, so you've got someone in a PSVR, yeah. and then you've got another yeah. user using a tablet, like an iPad or an Android tablet, that they can play the game with the player in VR. So they can choose to help them or hinder them. So they mm. can sort of like unlock doors for them or shut doors behind them so enemies can't follow them in. Um, yeah. And also help guide them because they've got the map as well. So that's an interesting mechanic, uh, I think. But if you if you say this, then I already have a feeling there will not be that much attention to the story. Like we have seen mm. games where someone works together with you. Mm. I haven't seen really a game yet where you have a sidekick and you also have a story going on. But maybe this mm. is an, the first one that is actually going to nail it. Mm. Who knows? But I'm like, if you are a developer and, and you, you choose to go for a, a game that just randomly gets generated every time. Mm. Um, and you go for a certain genre where you're like, oh, you, you you wake up in your ship and there are zombies everywhere. Then then it's your duty to like make a story with that. Let's say with um, uh, the one uh, uh, Zim played, uh, the, you know, the horror one. Dreadhalls. Like, yeah. Dreadhalls, yeah. You don't really need to have that story, you know, because it's just, you know what you need to do, you know what your goal is, because you have played it many times before, 
um, and you want to get that goal every time. I mean, you played it for so many hours, it must be addicting then. So, I don't know, we will have to wait until it comes out, but I have some doubts about it. Um, I, I don't really feel like I'm... Yeah, I don't know. My, I, yeah. yeah, my only hesitation is probably the teleport mechanic. Because when I saw that, my brain was oh. immediately going, please don't give us another Artica 1. Because that is just... You get this pretty thing where you teleport around it, and, you know, I just, I'm not having fun. So, I don't know. I find, I find that the look of it for a PSVR game... It's very interesting to see the graphics right now. What's it going to look like in the headset? And then, yeah. you know, with that mechanic, I don't think any other game is doing that at the moment. So I'd be keen to try it and see if mm -hmm. it's got merit. It kind of has almost, it has a pseudo-doom teleport system in there. There's a slight rush, like, when you're, when you're teleporting, mm -hmm. which is good. I actually think things should be doing that because blink teleporting is disorienting. And mm -hmm. it actually is, is not very welcome. Uh, in, in this game, you can also walk around with the gamepad, but not with, let's say, uh, like the, the PlayStation VR Move controllers. I'm not sure how that's going to work with a gun. Is the gun going to get supported at all? Because I think like the, the, the PSVR gun is very nice, but it's not really getting used. It's not getting so, used like, anywhere. It's like so underutilized. Uh, other than Farpoint, like what can you really do with sounds, it? Sounds like it's becoming a collectible at this moment. There is a, another game coming out to use the PS uh, VR aim, and that's uh, Bravo Team. Um, yeah, exactly. oh, that will, yeah, be, will be a bundle. Yeah. And uh, Dick yeah. Wild, Dick Wild also using it. Uh, right, right. So it's, not, it's very rare. Yeah, yeah. But you've you've played a similar game to this, I think, Zim, on PSVR, where it's in space, uh, where you're kind of uh, shocking people with a stun gun. Uh, it kind of, when I watched the trailer, it reminded me of maybe something I've seen on one of your streams before. Shocking with a stun gun. No. Um, unless you mean the Solus Project? Yeah, is that the one? The PSVR title? Solus Project is That is on like... PSVR as well. I've played that one, yeah. Yeah, it's... But that, um... that's very, very story-driven, though. It, it's, it is. Uh... I, I think what I would call it, I don't know if you agree with me here, Rowdy, it feels like the Subnautica on land because you're crafting, surviving. I mean, the coolest thing that you first experience within the first half hour of the game, if you don't play it six times, <laughs> just trying to get that far, um, is like, like in Subnautica, you'll have large undersea creatures. Like that's the thing that you're going to see and that's going to terrify you. In, in the Solus Project... Which I'm I, I'm actually just revisiting this uh, this Sunday. Um, it's tornadoes. It's like this kind of whole, and it is a weather system that comes to you slow, like slow but quick, and it is very immersive. Like you feel like oh, I've been if you've ever been through a tornado before or have one come to your property and you have to be in the basement and all that kind of stuff. You know what that sense of like dread is, and I find that the Solus Project did that really well, but. Yeah. I don't know if that's but the that one you're game, talking about, Mike, because I don't remember. But that a game shock. has also okay. that game also has come a long way. You know, uh, when we were having a DK2, you could play it in VR, and 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 they had so much feedback from the community yeah. to like. And this is one game that just comes out now, uh, before really having like. I'm not sure if they did any playtesting with with peeps out there, but with that one, it was like, hey, you can play it now. We're still like improving it, and you know, but. Mm. I don't know. I mean, usually PlayStation VR doesn't disappoint. So I mean, no, that's very that's true. Actually, that, that's the thing. So yeah. it, it's yeah, we should be fine. Asynchronous let, is cool. Find out. Like that's but the only I, thing I would say is asynchronous to have as an option yeah. is cool. Like it's it's always great to have your buddy or your wife or whatever. Yeah, your, you know your life partner involved. sitting there and 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 involved, and that it not be a trivialized thing 
like Super Mario, you know, where it's like, oh, you can collect the little stars for me. Thanks. You know, it's like to actually be involved in the gameplay together in asynchronous is one of VR's strongest suits. Uh, But there aren't Mm. so many games that are focused on that right now. I'd love to see more. Mm. Yeah. No, that's very true. But yeah, I, I guess we won't know for sure until, uh, you know, July the 24th. So keep an eye out for that one that's coming out soon. Um, is there any questions or comments from the chat? Anyone wants to answer any questions before we wrap this episode up? Yeah, well, uh, shoot some. You guys can. Be nice. Morty. So some people were talking. So Rick and Morty's coming to PSVR. Yeah. Um, Solus Project, I guess, is on all three headsets. You mm-hmm. can get it on Steam, so Vive, Oculus Rift, and PSVR. What else are people saying? Yeah, just 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 wait, just waiting here, sure. basically. So in the uh, in the meantime, uh, what games are you checking out in these uh, crazy simulators that you're trying out today, Rowdy? It's all uh, Project Cars Two, so it's right. all the race circuits uh, on that one, and I think they also have like a. a, a a rally game? I have not tried that one out yet. But, uh, yeah, people, so are, are you doing a, a are you doing a video while you're going to be there? Are you going to be vlogging? vlogging yeah, I'm, I'm going to do a, a short vlog. I'm going to do like a short vlog on this as well, just to uh, to show off the stuff here and uh, uh, probably like some fun stuff. Yeah. Nice. I got a big nice. question for Rowdy then, because I've Go heard ahead, something. Man. Project Cars Two, gaze. Is this a problem? What do you mean? What would you mean with gaze? Gaze-based selection. Ah, no, they, they operate everything here. So it's basically at like an arcade that I am. So they start everything up until the point that you're in the car. Right. And then it's just, they start, they press play and you start driving. That is it. You don't need to operate anything. Okay. So it's more of an arc. Mm-hmm. It's a VR arcade place. So it's, uh, there's no user control. You're just dropped in. Is it, is it coin operated? Like what's their... How do they how do they sell this to people? No, it, it's basically it's, they have more like a B two B model, so they're renting this out to like other businesses. Uh, they also do events for like up to I think twelve people. They have two racing simulators, but uh, they're all motorized, so it's actually quite fun. So you can really feel like those uh, those like you know, those drops when you brake, and uh, yeah, it's 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 really well done. I have never been in, into one of these before, but so is it uh, full really full bucket seats uh, with yeah. suspension, all of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can see uh, on my Twitter now, I, I, I did like a short post on a video of someone who's trying it out. And you, you can see the thing, the thing like flipping left, right and center. You know, it's, it's hilarious to see. Wow. Wow. So uh, any questions, Nathie, before we wrap this yeah. one up? Uh, so uh, someone wants to uh, know how many first barns for a mic pillow? <laughs> uh, 10 is the standard price. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, yeah. How much is that I, hat I, Rowdy is trying to sell me? The Horizon Zero Dawn hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's also worth 10 mic pillows. It's not for sale. It's my hat. I'd love the chicken story, Mike. Thanks for sharing. And I would still like a pillow, says Franz. <laughs> well, you're welcome. I should open my own store and sell them. And then you can have your own yeah, mic pillow. I see Jamie was asking how far I've gotten in Hardcore Subnautica. We're 17 hours, no deaths in that place. You're still playing it? Still alive. Zero deaths. Zero deaths. That's mad. That is madness. It's really hard to play. It's this like, I want to play because it's so cool. And I don't want to freaking die to something really dumb. (laughs) Subnautica is another game I still really want to get into. Um, but this is the thing, like when you, you're trying to cover a lot of games is that you, yeah. it's really difficult to get into one single experience. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I need oh, to and try. There's, uh, 
to, to end this up, and uh, everyone has an opinion about this one, I'm sure. Um, uh, Sherzad says, what uh, is that new AA shooter uh, having a closed uh, beta for 10 bucks? He's talking about Seeking Dawn. Seeking Dawn. All right, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that a PSVR title, or is it uh, on all platforms? I do know it's on PC. I, I do not know anything about the, the console no. uh, version. But uh, I heard that there are like some some doubts about hey you can now get access for ten bucks and like as I yeah. always say like wait for the reviews wait yes. for the game to come out and then give it a try don't, yeah, don't join any betas for ten bucks or access like you know no. wait until the game is really on the Steam store Oculus Home store yeah look at all the stars all the reviews and the thumbs ups and the thumbs downs and the Reddit posts and everything and yeah. then give it a try yeah. or buy it or you know no I totally agree I easy, totally agree easy. you could be wasting your money on something at the end of the day it's a bit of a wild west still at the moment you know there's a lot of just recently as well I've seen a lot of shovelware yeah. coming out so mm. just just wait and see what happens and uh, I'm you sure you buy us... the new Jumanji or the new Halo <laughs> recruit yeah. you don't know but what, yeah. beware but what about I mean you guys what do you guys think of the reverse uh, the reverse um, funding model for closed betas like I mean we originally we had it elite dangerous when it went up was 120 dollars for original entry which then dropped to 80 or 85 then dropped you know it kept dropping down the closer it was to the release I kind of call it the day Z model you know penalize mm. or block people who really shouldn't be buying the game now what do you guys mm. think of that do you buy into that because like Orbis VR did that I bought in for 60 bucks and you know I don't regret it uh, but what mm. are your thoughts on that model yeah, again, like uh, I'm not a big fan of it. You know, uh, I would wait till full release. In uh, I see a Me lot well. of uh, a lot of games are coming out in early access. Primordian's a good example. You know, it's just that you're buying into a game, all the content's not there. It's just it's kind of a bit frustrating. Uh, but I understand why they're doing it because right now there's not many big titles coming out, so they have to kind of fill it with something. Same with Oculus within Death. You know, it just doesn't feel like a title that's fully finished. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I'll just wait until the game's fully out. You're going to get the best experience when it's finally out. You're better off holding off, in my opinion. You There's still some great like titles 80, in there. 80% of games now, I mean, I was thinking about it when you were talking earlier. Like, it's all early access stuff. There's so yeah. few launch titles, right? Yeah, and, and that's why I'd probably say go back to some of the older titles that are the tried and tested ones, that are the great ones, you know, like Heart of the Emberstone or, you know, Arizona Sunshine. You know, if you haven't checked those titles out, now's the time to go back and check them out while we've got a bit of breathing space and uh, there's not a, a great load of new titles coming out right now. Like, in terms of titles coming out in 2018, there's not actually many that I can think of off the top of the he my head that I'm that excited about. So, um, still early. Still early, you're right, yeah. Um, slow start slow start but we will not slow down and that is for show uh, so just to remind you guys that this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that's live streamed every Saturday on Athey's YouTube channel tune into the show live at 4pm in Europe 3pm in UK 9am in Central US if you missed the podca podcast for whatever reason check up on my channel, Virtual Reality Oasis, because I upload the whole video there, or check out the audio-only version on Google Play Music, iTunes, and SoundCloud. If you've got any comments or questions, also put them in the comments on the video, or you know, check us an email or a tweet, and we'll maybe read them out on next week's show. So thanks again for being part of the show. We really appreciate you guys getting involved and answering questions and and just being a part of it. And thank you again for uh, asking for the mic pillow. You never know. You might be able to get your own in the near future. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye.